Remember, she is a holistic nurse practitioner with over two decades of experience in the healthcare field where she transitioned into integrative health, functional medicine, and really does so much energetic healing work. And really her specialty in nutrition and psychedelics is really changing and transforming mental health. She is one of the leading practitioners here in South Florida, and I'm so honored and look forward to continuing this conversation. Hope you enjoy. What would you say about, I mean, we don't know the history, like we don't know what really, really happened because in my mind, I'm like curious as far as like with the lozenges and with what you do at home, I've always thought that you were supposed to suck on it, swallow the saliva and then spit the lozenge. But then I like Matthew Perry, supposedly there's an autopsy. Somebody told me that, that they found a lozenge in his, but I, I personally haven't seen it. I tried searching for it. So maybe it's, I'm false in that. Uh, but what yeah. is the proper... So there's a different schools of thought about it. I mean, there's a lot of people who spit and they have just as powerful experience. But then there's a lot of people who kind of don't swish the saliva around enough and maybe they just do better when they swallow because they still get a little bit of a GI absorption that way. We always did it that way in, in our company. And I've always told people 12 minutes under the tongue, lozenge, swish it around so that it's absorbed in that mucosa and then swallow. I always tell people to swallow. But I have people who don't want to swallow because it doesn't taste very good, honestly. So and they do want to spit out and that's okay too. But they might need a little higher dose. I love lozenge for the following reasons. It is gentle. It's more a gentle onset and it's a gentle come down, right? So in the case of Matthew Perry, I can only assume, and again, I have no clue, but I can only assume that he had done IV treatments, obviously. Or that's probably that how had been the, treated. It had been a few weeks before though. Right. No, I just mean in general. So he probably was already at a pretty high dose and maybe had a high tolerance. And then whoever prescribed him lozenge, I can't imagine how much it was. But, you know, I just don't even think it matters. I think that what matters most is taking the medicine safely and responsibly. And I don't think that he did either of those things. So even if someone prescribed him lozenge, they would never recommend that he was alone, that he was in a hot tub. He was in a hot tub, right? Wasn't yeah, he was in a hot yeah. tub. He was in no a hot water. Tub. You're not supposed to be any type of medicine. You're not supposed to be near I mean, water ever. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't, we we would never even think of, of really going so in depth. People drown all the time in hot tubs and pools when they're drunk, right? And it happens all the time. Like the deaths related to alcohol happen every single day in this country. And it's just not even, we're so accustomed to it that we've we become so desensitized that we don't even discuss it. And then you look at someone like him and we don't know what else he had in his system, right? We just don't know. And then so so ketamine gets blamed. And it's interesting because I got so many texts, just like I'm sure you did. I got so many oh, yeah. texts from random people that weekend, like, did you see ketamine caused so-and-so's death? And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's a lot more nuanced conversation than that. I don't agree humans have to be accountable for the situations that they put themselves in. Zero judgments about addiction, zero judgments about his life or his pain or his suffering, zero judgments about that. However, it's never safe to take a substance and get into a hot tub. And chances are, you know, who knows what else he had on board. 
we know ketamine is, is is sedating. It's a drowsy. You know, I don't even know how people use it recreationally, to be honest with you, because I'm like, how? How do you take this and go out and go out and socialize? Yeah. Like for me, I, I can't, can't even imagine it. I'm like, what? Like I I I wouldn't be able to function. I would just be a, a blob on on somebody's I don't know floor. I would. You know, so it's like we know that it's sedating. And so any responsible provider who prescribes ketamine knows to give the instructions, knows to say, you know, you're not going to drive or operate heavy machinery, be near weapons, be near water for, you know, at least six to eight hours after. And obviously you're never supposed to be alone. Yeah, that was the first thing. He was alone in the house. Yeah. If you're taking lozenge, you're never supposed to be alone. So there's so many things there that kind of went wrong, I think, you know, and it was probably an, an unfortunate convergence of all those factors that led to his death. However, I think in our culture, we like to blame. We need to find always a source to blame. It's this, it's that. It's like, nothing is just this or that. You know, like yeah. life is a is a stream of, of the am, ambiguous in between. Nothing is ever just this duality of it's, oh, well, if he didn't do ketamine, he wouldn't have died. What? You know, it's, yeah. So I think it's, it's multiple things, but I think that ultimately, you know, if, if you feel called to, to work with this medicine, this medicine can provide you a profound healing as long as you use it safely. And, you know, I think that people, a lot of us who work in this space are committed to delivering safe care. And, you know, I don't, just because it's safe, I also want to say that doesn't mean that it's necessarily as profound or as 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 beautiful as it can be sometimes because i do think a lot of clinics have a very medical approach i think there's a lot of missed opportunities there like you know patients have an experience but they don't really get have an ex- a, you know too deep of an experience where they can't get really let go because it's it's just not the environment for that right like the container isn't there um, I had a patient that uh, came to me for a booster that's traveling from out of state that's down here for um, for work and her dosing. I mean, I know for oral, it's not by weight, but we always do it by weight. And she's been through her induction series and on maintenance and her dose when she came to us was 0.6 milligrams per kilogram. That's way very low, <laughs> very, very low. Right. Uh, especially for a woman, which will go a lot higher in those dosing as necessary. Right. So depending on the clinics, you you know, some are comfortable with going higher. And it's important to get into that depth so you really can connect and get into the subconscious. And I mean, you're going to have the neuroplasticity. But again, like we were talking, the neuroplasticity lasts 24 to 48 hours from the time of your infusion. So it's not just the infusion. It's what do you do at home? Right. The integration. What are right. you journaling? Are you meditating? Are you grounding? Absolutely. Are you having integration session with a right. coach? You know, all that stuff is what's going to make it last. Otherwise, that neuroplasticity, it's budding and then it'll disappear right away within 40 Right. Hours. And 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 so that is so important. Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up because what's the work if we don't integrate it? Exactly. Right. Like, really, it's it's a good time, maybe. <laughs> right. And good times are important, too. But really, we wanted like we're here to do the work, you know, in this life mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of times patients also, it's the experiential aspect of healing, right? Like you go to this place, you visit, you see your mom who passed away. She embraces you. Like if you don't feel safe enough in your environment, 
when you take ketamine. Like you're just, you're probably not your protectors, you know, like IFS or whomever, your subconscious, if you're not that deep, you're not, you, you're not going to feel safe to, to kind of go to these places and explore, you know, the, the, the deep, the depths of your subconscious. You're, you're just, it's not going to be that experience, you know? And conversely, but then gone. Right. And conversely, I've had some of the most powerful experiences of my life on a microdose of ketamine, but the container was, was so powerful. Was I was so energetically held and spiritually held and, and loved that I didn't need a high dose of ketamine. And I try to always convey that to the, to my patients, right? Like, please don't, please focus more on your prep, your integration, like how, what do you, what do you want to, what do you, what is your intention? What are you calling in for this experience? What do you want to let go? What are you looking to, you know, all those things. So it's like the more prep and prep includes what kind of environment is it going to be like? And I think a lot of people, cause they're not, they don't know with the at home lozenge, that's, that's kind of the thing is like, yeah, they kind of listen to you, but they might be like, yeah. And then after you check them with them, well, it was like, you know, I had one, one person tell me one time, like, I had a bad journey. And I'm like, well, describe bad to me. Well, I was just, I was uncomfortable. I'm like, well, well, what was, you know, what was going on that day? Oh, I had a fight with my girlfriend. I'm like, okay, well, I told you like, not wise to do it on a day when you're like feeling really, you know, stressed, angry. Say like, yeah. And then also I uh, was listening to like death metal. I'm like, okay, yeah. Also, that's a big no. No, no, no. <laughs> With all the evil words and the evil energy and the you know, like, intensity. If you like death metal, good for you. But no, not right That's now. Right, right? right? Like, just not what we're doing with ketamine, okay? Let's yeah. just, no. You know, and I'm like, I, I promise you that if you, you know, if you try this, it doesn't have to be my playlist, but if you try this with some, like, calming music, it's going to really, literally and figuratively set the tone for your experience. And you'll have probably... And and then that person ended up having a much more positive experience and loving ketamine, you know. But it was just like, it's it's yes, preparation so is important for all psychedelics, right? It's like preparation and and safety and and I think love is really important. And I always say like, love is my medicine. People say like, what do you do? Reiki, qigong, this and that, karuniki. I'm like, I just help to convey love to people when they're with me. They feel love. They feel safe. That's what I'm putting out. And I think that that is the universal language, you know. And when people feel that, they're able to go deep. They're able to. That's on itself, just to yeah. feel love when they right. probably haven't felt it in a while, you know. Love with no agenda. Mm, yes. Right? Because a lot of people have only felt love and it's been transactional or it's been maybe from an abuser or it's been whatever it's been hasn't been healthy so i try to just be a loving presence it's part of my spiritual belief belief system and that's what i try to convey to everybody and i think that in doing so people can be just as equally healed by love and by by connecting with that love which is always within them right and I think that's the beauty of these molecules and ketamine is giving people the opportunity to connect with that part of themselves that is, you know, what we would call their higher self, right? No judgments. It's like, 
this vibration of pure unconditional love and wisdom and awareness, just pure awareness, right? I mean, I've had I've had ketamine journeys where I'm just like, I am love and light. I am love and light. This is like a mantra that's coming to my head. I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, I am love and light. That's nice. That's a wonderful one, you know. And it's like yeah. it's just a reminder, like, yeah, that is what we all are. Sometimes we get disconnected from it, but these medicines bring us back to this like sacred reminder of who we all really are and what we're here to do. And in my opinion, that's like to love and to grow and to evolve and you know we're all connected in this quantum field so there is no one person suffering that is that doesn't impact my suffering and vice versa like we're all this is a unified connected field and so the more healing we can get in this field the better it is for all of us the better it is for the planet the better it is for our children our grandchildren you know seven generations forward seven generations back yeah even just for our children your children you know mm-hmm. i mean i don't have children but my niece my niece is a nephew you know it's you know we're all just passing down that that torch you know for the right. generations and i feel like the next generations will have you know without all the, distri- the restrictions that we have now they're going to have a better although no uh, there's a lot of other stuff that they're dealing with too much information yeah there's that but you know at least we have we can say that our generation has been a part of this you know psychedelic renaissance right where Mm -hmm. these drugs have come back these molecules these medicines have come back out and we've changed the way we treat mental health we've changed the way we approach trauma and so we've healed a lot of intergenerational trauma in doing that right like i know just for probably for just the two of us and we've talked oh, about yeah. our family dynamics and dysfunction and all that it's like the work that we're doing when we when we use these medicines is so much bigger and so much more profound than just like oh i did this journey it's like no there's something so much bigger than that happening right <laughs> yeah. on so many levels right and it's beyond what we can even perceive in our limited human little brains right um, yeah, I think the future of psychedelics, real, I mean, the future of mental health will definitely involve psychedelics. I mean, I, I foresee like microdosing once it becomes legalized, you know, substituting. I mean, first of all, I think for any mental health, if somebody comes in complaining of depression or anxiety, you know, starting off with magnesium more than anything or just vitamin D at different omegas. Yeah. Omegas, oh my gosh, so big. I mean, people don't realize, people. or even thyroid. Cut the gluten. Yeah. It's honestly like there's plenty of data on it. Like cut the gluten and tell me how you feel about your anxiety. It's such a simple tweak and people love their bread and I get it. Bread's delicious, but you know, it helps people who are severely anxious. You notice they cut it and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Thank you so much. I'm like, yeah. I mean, gluten. Yeah. Just even if you aren't gluten intolerant. Oh yeah. Inflammation. Everybody is intolerant to gluten. It causes gut. Absolutely, because it's it's loaded with glyphosate, and then glyphosate just destroys the gut microbiome. And so there's tons of people who have non-celiac gluten sensitivity. It's really common. It's really prevalent. And there's a relationship between people who have gluten sensitivity and neuropsychiatric conditions. So it's like the gut-brain axis is, you know, that's another, that's another whole podcast, but it's like, you know, think about it. Like it's, it's a bidirectional communication. It's a constant communication, right? So if you're if you're inflamed and you're 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 eating 
literally poison stuff, you know, all this toxin and 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 pesticide and poison and and it's pro-inflammatory and those are the signals that you're sending right the whole afferent efferent signals going back and forth and if you have leaky gut you have then you have leaky brain and leaky brain and the intestinal wall permeability is so common in women who have autoimmunity right and all autoimmunity is really like at the root of it is intestinal wall permeability or leaky gut right because the epithelial junctions are not there. So, you know, even just for my all my patients, I'm just like, are you on a probiotic? You know, and if you're not, let's start with, with these. Uh, you know, Saccharomyces is great to keep, candy, you know, help with candida overgrowth and bifidobacterium strains help with B vitamins. And um, there's just oh, so, so many. You know all of that stuff. Oh, I'm deep in it. I'm deep in it. Wow. Yeah, and then for those that aren't familiar with leaky gut, um, I'm sure you've heard the term. It's it's really just having so much inflammation that the 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 tissue there can't prevent the big food molecules from going passing through and going into your bloodstream. You know, mm-hmm. because it's so inflamed and everything just starts leaking. That causes your body's inflammatory response. Hey, there's this foreign body because it's not used to getting these big molecules in the bloodstream. Right. All of a sudden, they all the inflammation around the body is like, we must attack, we must attack. So now we have this huge inflammation just going around in our body all because of either- Our diet. Oh, <laughs> because of our- Antibiotics. American or, diet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. eat the standard American diet, the chances of you having leaky gut is mm-hmm. pretty high, you know? So it's definitely right. a, a work and a battle um, mm-hmm. for everyone to, to work at or look into. For sure, which is why, like, which is why my approach with ketamine is is integrative, right? So it's not just like if you if you tell me in the visit, like, I have GERD, I have reflux. For the people who don't know what GERD is, I have reflux. I uh, am on a PPI. I've been on a PPI for twenty years, and uh, I'm also depressed. I'm usually not surprised when those two things go together. Um, I used to have diverticulitis. I took antibiotics last year for however long you know all the things it's like wow okay we really need to fix your gut right and we're yeah we're going to help with the depression too and that you know obviously as you know ketamine does exert some anti-inflammatory exactly effects on the brain and that's a lot of what helps people too Mm -hmm. right everyone's got brain fog these days why you know because yeah so it's looking at all the things and I try to always tell people like, you know, at the very minimum, if you're not going to cut out, you don't have to cut out everything, but just start start to make little simple changes, right? Like if you still want to starch, have a sweet potato instead of bread or get your bread on, you know, you can get a lettuce wrap instead of wheat bread or whatever, you know, I'm not here to be dogmatic about food because I'm not dogmatic about anything. I think people should eat intuitively and listen to their bodies. And that's what I try to teach my patients. Like, tune in. Like, how do you feel? Like, when you eat fast food, how do you feel 30 minutes later? Do you feel good? And usually they're like, no. And I'm like, okay. So just try to tune in, see how you feel and see what works for you. And it's the same thing whether, you know, everybody has different food triggers, but we know the most pro-inflammatory foods are gluten, dairy, corn, soy. And specifically the the way that they're grown in this country and the way that they're processed in this country. Because in other countries, there's no GMOs, there's no glyphosate. Yeah. But in this country, people do have to be more mindful 
you know, of toxins in general. So, yeah, I mean, that's... I just remember I mean. my dad, uh, when he would visit from Chile, he'd be like, man, I love it here because at home when I get the bread, it, it lasts just a couple of days. Here I can have my whole loaf of bread for like three weeks. I'm like, that's not good. Yeah, that's being good. <laughs> There's all kind of like chemicals and poison, you know, stuff in there, you know, preservatives that are not good for us. Yeah. And even, you know, the seed oils, canola oil, all these people that are, you know, and just try to teach people about healthy fats and how important healthy fats are for your brain. I'm like, at the minimum, every single patient I see, I'm like, omegas. Like if you, if you walk away with just a few things, <laughs> let it be. Omegas, elimination of processed foods in general, like anything that comes in packaging usually for the most part isn't good for us. Exactly. If you have to rip it open. If you're going to rip it open and it has a shelf life of, you know, how many months, chances are it's probably doesn't, isn't the most nutrient dense food. And just getting people back to eating like foods in their whole forms, right? Like a protein, a vegetable and fruits. Yeah. Doesn't have to be dogmatic. I'm not saying you must do this diet or you must do this specific diet. Although there is now overwhelming amount of data emerging and about keto and how beneficial it is for mental health and even schizophrenia you know it actually was first developed you know diet is to treat schizophrenia yeah and it's it's phenomenal for epilepsy it's phenomenal for ms for you know i'm sure you've heard of terry walls and the walls the wall protocol she had ms and she completely reversed all her symptoms by going paleo it's pretty similar she just avoided all the greens she's an md and she, I was just at the A4M conference and she presented one of her most recent studies, which was about just the elimination of, of, of I think, processed and refined carbohydrates and fatigue, the relationship between chronic fatigue and carbs. And, you know, it's like, yeah, we know this stuff, you know? So it's just like simple tweaks. Um, but the metabolic approach is gaining so much more popularity. Everybody's doing intermittent fasting. Everybody's like, there's a lot of people on keto. And, you know, I I, I really love vegetables. I love fruits. I love teas and polyphenols. I love berries for their antioxidant power. I try to get people to understand that they need to eat the whole rainbow, the whole spectrum of colors when they're eating food, right? Because that all of that is like information for ourselves. And just getting people to just, you know, just be more aware of like just organic, like try to try, try when you can, you know, it's, it's not something that everyone can afford, but obviously it's helpful mm -hmm. if you can follow like the clean 13 and the dirty dozen, you know, like just right. which things are organic. Cause you know, we're, we're living honestly in a, in a society where we're really just inundated with toxins whether it's in our cosmetics or our soaps or our the instant antibacterials, triclosan, BPA in the plastic bottles. I mean, I test people for, I do an environmental toxin test and you wouldn't believe the amount of people I have who have their BPAs through the roof. They're, you know, and all these things are, they're endocrine disruptors. They can cause hormonal changes. Some of them lead to cancer. I'm going to have to have you t test my uh, toxin exposure. <laughs> Curious. You know what? You can you could spend the money to do that, or you could just drink filtered water, you know, from a really great filtered water source, whichever one you choose. Um, 
avoid plastic bottles, right? And eat pretty clean, as clean as possible. You know, all the things that, that have been created as instant antibacterial, you know, like germs, germs, they have a lot of stuff in them that's really not great. And uh, so, yeah, of course you should wash your hands, but, you know, just be mindful of like all the chemicals in the perfumes and, you know, the parabens and SLS and all these things. Like, the the greater point I'm trying to make is that we're inundated with toxins. And so that our liver, you know, how do we excrete toxin through our sweat, through our urine, through our food, right? We need, so our body is, think about your immune system. It's like, wow, there's so much to deal with, right? The liver has so much to deal with, right? Like mm-hmm. we're, we're giving it so much work, right? So why not like help it to, to function more optimally, you know, just like your car. And, and yeah, you know, gotta maintain it. Yeah. And you wouldn't pour like sugar into your gas tank, you know what I mean? So it's just like these simple things, you know, we kind of get away from it, but they do make a big difference. And I think just bringing like mindful awareness to, I'm a big proponent of mindfulness practices. And I think that teaching people how to just tune in like, oh, okay. So how am I feeling right now when I'm eating this bag of chips? Like what's underneath my desire to, (laughs) is this, am I eating for comfort? Am I bored? You know, it's mindful eating. And mindful living. Yeah. My trick is not bringing it into the home. Right? Same. Yeah, there's certain chips that I'm like, don't even, don't bring that in my house because I cannot have it near me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Can't just have one of those chips. I did want to ask a quick question because I know we're, uh, you know, nearing the end, but you had mentioned suppository. Oh, yeah. Dose for ketamine. Mm-hmm. So I know we can't talk too long because uh, we're finished. But <laughs> well, that's too what? bad because I have a great yeah. suppository story. <laughs> no, but all right. Um, yeah, I started doing that because a friend of mine who's a psychiatrist in in the Bay Area, who I met through the ketamine training, one of the ketamine trainings I went to. He said, you know, for a lot of the people who have severe nausea, I just prescribe them suppository, and I was like, hmm, light bulb, like, oh. Yeah. And so then uh, we started to trial that. And we did it really just amongst like us first to see how that would play out. And I really have to say that I I really took one for the team because I, I thought, I didn't realize how much better absorption it would be. Yeah, because you bypass first pass. You don't, yeah, so I underestimated that stream. Well, I'll just take similar to the dose I take orally. Wrong, wrong. I was, I was, I feel like I was on that journey for, I don't know, 10 hours. It was really like, it was like a never ending journey. It's like, okay, I just want this to end. And I never vomit, but I vomited. And that was because I just, I didn't realize, you know, it was too much for me. So what I do now is like, if someone wants, kind of obvious, and that was, <laughs> that was vaginal because that was also part of the learning curve was like, no. No, we're not doing vaginal. <laughs> Some people may like that, but for me, it was a no. You know, I'm like, yeah. let's let's do, let's try rectal instead. And then we started working with rectal and I would prescribe it to a lot of people who just, you know, couldn't tolerate the taste. I mean, I have people who literally would gag just tasting the ketamine because it's it's not a pleasant taste, you know? And so it was like, what would we do for them? So there was a few people we would do that with. And rectal suppository is actually great. I mean, it's... It's a beautiful experience. It's a little different from the lozenge journey. It's more of like a body, even though obviously you may be just associated, right? So it's funny to say that, but it feels more like a body high. 
kind of similar to an IM journey without the rapid drop into it's not as fast of a drop. You know, the IM is like you're here and the next second you're gone. Suppository is a little bit more gentle than that, but a very clear experience. As is it dumb. similar dosing to the intramuscular? No. Or is it like a in between? No. Like, so for example, I would say like the max dose I will take orally is 300 milligrams, right? And what I would take rectally would be about 200 milligrams. So maybe like you would need only two thirds of the dose that you would normally take orally. So if you took, yeah, I mean, you can you can extrapolate that to yeah. IM or your IV dosing. Okay. Uh, I What's really nice about it, obviously, is like when you have an, the perfect dose and it's not too much, which is, and this is the same thing. You have to start low and go slow. When you have the perfect dose, it's a lovely journey. There's not a lot of the side effects. It's just, it's a great experience. I really, I really enjoy it. It's kind of up there at the top for me. Interesting, yeah. I like to stay in the space, me personally, because I'm a meditator. So like, I don't mind being in the space. And a lot of people like I am, but I find like, for me, I am is so short. You know, it's it's over in like 15 and my absorpcy my absorbency is different where it's like I'm deep, it's deep into it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm done. Right. And then I go back in and then I'm done. And then I'm just groggy for like 12 hours for the interview. Right. And that's the thing is it, you know, nothing, like I've said, I think probably intimated most of this podcast, like nothing in medicine is one size fits all and particularly integrative medicine or this psychedelic medicine, right? Like what works for me may not work for you. And you might feel like, hey, I don't really like this repository. I do feel that on some level, I would, I've done a lot of work with private clients who have maybe a history of abuse and like the lower chakras have a lot of work that needs to be done. I find the suppositories have been very powerful and very helpful. Um, you know, that's a, that's a yeah. different a perspective, yeah, obviously, than, than a mainstream perspective. Mm-hmm. But I do think just like getting into that, like the root and sacral chakras with the suppository, it kind of uh, addresses some other deep stuff that may be there. And I've seen it. I've witnessed it do powerful things for people and there's but there's a little bit more of a clarity with it so i really like it i like it i don't i don't love the way the lozenge tastes so maybe that's another reason why i like it and i'm an extremely sensitive person to all medicines and all things and there's other people who are also really sensitive and if if you are one of those people you would obviously just want to start at the lowest dose but for the most part, for most of the clients I've treated with pository, there's very minimal vomiting, very minimal GI stuff. And it kind of lasts, you know, is it, it's like, it definitely lasts a lot longer than obviously IV or IM. It's, you know, I, I don't even think it's been studied that much. I looked up the pharmacokinetics and it's like, I think it's 24, 25%, max 30, maybe. It definitely lasts longer. My experience is that it's like, it's a long journey. And so if that's the case, if you are going to go that route, then you need to be prepared for that. You need to have a sitter. You need to have someone you trust with you, a facilitator that you trust, a sitter, a person who is going to keep you safe, help you walk to the bathroom if you need to do that. You need to be well hydrated beforehand. 
you need to have eaten something before the fasting period, you know, because it may be a long journey. And most important too for everyone is you need to take make sure that your home environment is taken care of when you're going to be doing the medicine because I have patients that we've, you know, paused treatment because they're, let's say, a single mom and they come home from their infusion and they have three kids and they're alone and they need food and, you know, like that's not how you're supposed to go home. You know, you're supposed to go home, integrate, just be with yourself, journal, meditate, whatever you need to do, but not just go back right into it. You know, you need to give yourself space. You absolutely need to give yourself the space and whatever that looks like for you, whatever you're capable of, you know, achieving in that regard, it's hard because not everybody has the support. And that's one of the sad things about ketamine is like I've had patients where, you know, they, they see ketamine, but they're not in a safe environment. Maybe it's an abusive environment. And it's like, you know, you, you really have to think about, yes, this medicine may help you. And of course I want to help you, but what happens, you know, if, if I'm not there, you know, like you really have to be safe mm-hmm. and you have to be with people you trust and, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful medicine, right? You don't need bright lights and flashing anime and whatever, you know, yeah. you need it to be, you need a, a gentle landing, right? You need a gentle landing, right? Like, and I found even in some, some tra- trainings I've been in that, uh, some of the people, uh, the facilitators or psychiatrists are just like loud music at the end or everyone's talking and it's like a microphone and it's like, uh, for me, it was just like, oh my God, this yeah. is too much. Like I want to retreat until low lights. Yeah. Low lights. Yeah. Music. No mics. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. Everyone can hear you without a mic, especially after ketamine, you know? Yeah. Everything it's just so too sad. jarring. It's too jarring to your nervous system and you're, you're, you're just starting to take an input, like even light, you know? Like the eyes are very sensitive to light with ketamine. I always stress to people like, please, 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 eyewear. You know, yeah. until you are, you know, if you're ketamine Jedi and you want to not use eyewear, then you're ketamine Jedi and you feel good doing that. And hey, there's time to get there. Like there's no rush. I try to tell people yeah. like there's, there's really no rush. Slow down. Savor the experience, you know. And you start to see also in this work like how hard it is for people to just be still. You know, that's Are you part of the talking to me specifically. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, I was during my session when you're <laughs> no to me. You're I like, you just need to relax. But you didn't you need to stop. <laughs> no, you didn't come into my mind <laughs> <Okay>. at all. <laughs> no, you're just such a lovely person and you, you take care of so many people. Right. So I was just honored to have a moment to help take care of you, too. And just yeah. try to reciprocate that. that for you. But no. I wasn't thinking of that at all, but I have had a lot of patients that, you know, they're really anxious. So just like the, the sitting there waiting for the lozenge to kick in. Right. Oh yeah. It's like, no, this is, this is also part of your work. Right. It's like, yes. To getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. That's the so only true. way out is through. You gotta, you gotta get in there. You gotta we all have to do that. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bring you back on because I feel like we could just keep talking, and there's so much more to talk about. But <laughs> yes. we've already like double ran over and stuff, so we will definitely oh, we oh, bring God, you I'm back so on. Okay. No, you're yeah. good. I love it. I love uh-huh. it. I could keep talking to you forever, but uh, yeah, we're gonna have to too. cut it off. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Kate, for coming on, and 
and us talking not only just ketamine and psychedelics, but really the holistic, the nutrition and, you know, avoiding the toxins and how to optimize your yourself and really get true healing outside of psychedelics. So the holistic approach. Yes, yes. Thank you. I would say to close that we are our medicine, really, in the end. We are our own medicine. The medicine is within us always. It's just how can we return to it? It may not be ketamine. It may not be that molecule. It may just be meditating in silence every day under a tree. Whatever you do, you know, it's always within you. And just to find your way back to that, that's your true nature. That's your essence. And in that way, you can live the most peaceful and blissful life. Oh, uh, I love that. We are our medicine. Yes, we are. Well, thank you everyone out there. It was an honor to have Kate and I hope you enjoyed all the wonderful knowledge that she bestowed upon us. You know, just to reach out because I do want to hear and I would love to hear from you, um, whether it's feedback for myself or if you actually have a specific question you'd like answered related to psychedelics, you can message me actually directly on Instagram. It's at the psychedelic healing podcast, all spelled out the psychedelic healing podcast just message me with any questions or if you'd like a specific guest uh, you'd want me to interview you know reach out i would love to hear from you so that is a wrap for this week's episode of psychedelic healing thank mm -hmm. you for joining me and kate you have mm -hmm. a beautiful night <laughs>